the Podjectivity Network. I think it looks good. Okay. What was that shirt you saw, dude? Mr. Larry Bird. Yeah, go on. Three-point contest. Classic Celtics war- short sleeve warm-up with the, the snap-on name. Because he doesn't need to take it off. No. No. Yeah, you and beat then, me to it. That's all I know about that story. Well, I know a lot. but Yeah, it's just his black t-shirt with Larry on the front. I won't need to take this thing off. Unbelievable. Launching his red, white, and blue basketball from downtown to this... It was kind of a cloud of stuff behind the basket. It's a wonder that Larry didn't come in just with jeans. Yeah. <laughs> or and, like and overalls or something. <laughs> yeah. And slacks. Slacks and blouse combo. Yeah, the not taking off your warm-up statement. Right. Yeah, just coming in your like house clothes. Just... And notoriously going into the locker room beforehand and saying, which one of you all is coming in second? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it being Do you a think he really bit, meant that? Bit of a joke, but absolutely. Well, yeah. 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 I just put myself in that place. And like when someone says that, like you got to be like, he's kidding, right? No, he's not. But what, what he wasn't kidding about and what it is in keeping with from the other things that I've heard is a lot of times I think great competitors recognize that, you know, the psychological edge that you can gain by intimidating somebody talking shit yeah. if you're good at it. And why this guy from French, French Lick... Nick. It's got lick in the name, but a town with, and it's a French lick, which yeah. is, but it couldn't be any less rural, <laughs> rural and sexual <laughs> and international. <laughs> and so, so time. many levels of what, uh, French lick anyway, uh, that he would, that he would have the balls and the confidence in, in a way to rise out of obscurity and be the guy who's, you know, the intimidator. I mean, I guess he's just that good that he could back it up, but yeah. he got it somehow early on that like uh, I've got to use. Maybe it was part of just like I've, I'm not the fastest guy. Yeah. I'm not the most athletic. I've got to use every every tool attribute available, and I sure can talk crazy shit. So I'm going to let that fly, and but I'm not going to talk to the media very much at mm. all because I regard them with suspicion and annoyance. And I can't say I've ever heard him in a press conference. Well, he's mellowed out on it over the years and, you know, more gracefully assumed, you know, a professional sort of, all right, I'll show you a little bit of myself. Uh, but, you know, back in the day, he was, I think it's one of the beautiful things about his legacy, actually, is that he was one of these guys who was in the game for the game. And fuck the rest of this noise and attention that it's pre-social media as well. Right. I'm not, I'm not interested in being a celebrity. I'll do the Converse commercial. I'll make a little extra money, but I'm gonna mow my own lawn. I'm gonna hurt my back paving my mom's driveway. There it is. I'm going to be a normal person, except, you know, in in between in, the in lines. My, <laughs> in between <laughs> the lines, I'm going to become this other guy that is. You know who's that much of a regular guy? Notoriously threw his back out doing driveway work at his mom's house. <laughs> NBA player. After he built what? What? Yeah, this like had this beautiful place built. Obviously, he could have afforded to hire that thing out. But also, uh, well, I guess it's not that unusual. But you know, like to drink beer, mm-hmm. like before the days of the chef and the. Yeah, the, the dietitian private. and the spending a million on your body notoriously. You know, just drank beer after games. Uh, yeah, diet and, marginal. And I'm not really a fan of, or I try and be wary of. Whoa, the NBA back in my day, and that's when men were men. Chris, could you just run that ice maker a little bit more? <laughs> no, I'll just burp, and then it'll drown out the ice machine. Turn this way, I said. No, that's okay. Chris just totally rudely got ice for a drink, but. Uh, Oh, women in their yeah, ice. Am I right? Themselves. Hey, we're over here trying to talk about sports. 
Hey, Chris, the, 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 the knob for the garbage disposal is just to the right of that. If you could put some stuff in there. Um, Eggshells really clean it out. That's good for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we were talking about Bird and throwing his back out. Yeah. And there was another point to be made about Bird that I was driving to, and then the ice machine just, it, it's gone. How about Kyrie Irving? Can I well, can I switch oh, gears? Sorry, the modern NBA, real quick. Then Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I I'm wary of you know back in my day, that's when men were men. Yeah. The game was pure, and it's not this three no, point no labia bedazzling. <laughs> that requires some explanation, perhaps. But uh, one of the things that I was struck by when I revisited this, I've been watching Winning Time on HBO. Oh, about the ri- I don't ri- have HBO. The Her- rise heard a lot, but the rise ahead. of the Laker dynasty, and you know the Magic Bird rivalry is kind of at the center of that, and uh, that leads to other things, right? Like there's a a documentary that was made about them called Magic versus Bird, I think, some years back, and mm-hmm. revisiting that, seeing the images of Larry diving into chairs for loose balls, and Your franchise player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, in addition to the driveway work that he was doing that hurt his back, that couldn't have been great for it either. All of that reckless, you know, just reckless abandon, playing with that level of intensity, and also somebody crosses him, and it doesn't matter if it's Dr. J, he's going to get up and grab his throat and start punching him in the face, (laughs) and they're choking each other, and like, wow, the... The, the tone and the level of intensity, like, can you imagine? I mean, I love Kevin Durant, but can you imagine him diving into chairs? Fuck no. Or, you know, the. That would be like a. There's just that. Wrath. It, <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, it Kevin. doesn't prolong the career. And that's where guys are now. And I'm not shitting on that because the longer a great player can play, I'm all for it. But these, that. Well, we're just talking about Larry Bird. Yeah. Didn't care. Didn't care about longevity, cared about the next, this play all the time. And that's all. So the next play. It was like a matter of pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you cross a certain line, I don't care what the consequences are. I'm going to choke you. We're definitely going to get back to winning time. Uh, the Book of Basketball 2.0, we're probably loosely familiar with that on uh, the Ringer Simmons? Network. Yep. Uh, he wrote a book called The Book of Basketball that's like 1,200 pages or something ridiculous. He updated it a few years later. Larry Bird did? No, no. Bill Simmons. Oh, oh okay. And now Sorry, you shifted on his pod network, of course, uh, The Book of Basketball 2.0. And the first round of pods were just about a whole bunch of great players. And the latest drop on there is by Jackie McMullen, longtime like Celtics reporter, I think USA Today scribe, uh, Bill respects her a great deal, and she's when on she part, she's on uh, not pardon the interruption, but she's buddies with everybody. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if she was on there around the horn. Around oh, okay, okay, yeah, she is hardcore. Uh, not uh, anyway, she put out an eight part series recently that was called Icons, and there was Magic and Bird were like episode two. There's an episode about the Dream Team. There's an episode about the ones who didn't quite make it, like Isaiah Thomas and Barkley. And anyway, always a long road to get to a short point. Uh, Larry Bird and his shit-talking and someone who backs it up. It's really not shit-talking when you constantly, constantly back it up. Well, I mean, and it is. It's just effective. It, it, yes, yes. Shit talking uh, versus that guy's all. No one could ever say about Bird that he's all talk. Yeah. And if I bet your YouTube feeds are similar, there's an unlimited number of videos that are like ex players talking about how much of a badass Larry Bird was. There's never ending supply of that. Other players saying what a killer he was. One of a, one of his he favorite. Came for your soul. Well, one of his favorite moves and the most demoralizing thing of all was, and this is before a critical moment, like a crunch time, game winning, game on the line kind of situation, looking at a guy and saying, all right, I we haven't been back to the huddle yet, but here's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Can I set a pick for me over here? 
I'm going to curl off of it, and I'm going to shoot this in your face there. And and, and you get Xavier McDaniel on that, I think. Mm-hmm. But That's a YouTube fodder. Yeah, there's more than one yeah. of those stories. Of, there's categories. Yeah. There's and, going into cities and talking to the bench and saying, you're going to let this guy guard me? This is who's guarding me tonight? Mm-hmm. There's that lane. There's the here's what the play is going to be lane. Yeah, just on and on and on and on. Dominique Wilkins saying that one of the first things that he said to him was, you don't belong in this league, Holmes. And him saying, did he just call me Holmes? <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny, but then, you know. I had a pair of Dominique Wilkins' signature shoes Ooh, back in the day. Yeah. The human Who made Brooks. his shoes? Brooks. Oh, yeah. wow. They were a little wow. puffy. They looked like moon boots. <laughs> Basketball anyway. moon boots. Larry Bird played a whole game, at least one I know of, with his left hand too. Oh, where uh, he shot with his left? There was a yeah. night in Portland, mm-hmm. just because, like, he told, told the guys on the bus, long road trip. It's a long season. I'm gonna play left-handed, and he did. And <laughs> and, uh, and still, had a great game. Yeah, I had a great game. Pulled in, didn't drop many of his averages. I don't think. Yeah. In this icons pod, you get to hear a voice you almost never hear anywhere. Robert Parrish. Oh, yeah, the yeah, chief. chief. Jackie Speaks. and her relationships are so deep in the NBA that she got people who never talk to come and talk, like Robert Parrish and his shit-talking. Sometimes it has a price. The Larry Bird, uh, the Dr. J fight. Uh, you can find it. You can watch it. And Parrish says, I didn't do anything about that because he had it coming. Larry, Speaking of Larry his had it coming. Larry had it coming. He's like, he he went so hard at him and got so personal with him that I didn't intervene. And like, that's my, that's all our job in a team sport. And fight breaks out, you're in there. He's like, he had that coming. <laughs> so you'll see in the video, like, I didn't do anything. Well, we're talking about a racial. He earned it. Well, and you wonder too, if the racial component hmm. factored in there at all, but as much as people wanted to talk about race, and this is part of Larry's defensiveness, and something I ended up kind of admiring is that his stance seemed to be, what race issue? You know, mm. I'm I'm out there proving every night that I belong. Doesn't matter what color I am, next question. Kind of. Mm-hmm. I, we're not... We're not, this isn't going to be an issue because I'm not going to let it be an issue. Uh, things are only as big a deal as we allow them to be, and I'm not going to let you start any drama with me ever. Next question. Mm-hmm. Kind of handling the media. And yeah, there's like, I don't know, maybe there's something about me that is fascinated by or loves a guy who's got all the attention in the world. And it's just like, I don't want any of it. Get, give me a ball. Give me a court. Dennis Rodman, notoriously uh, in the heat of Celtics Pistons, had a mic in his face and said if Larry Bird was black, he'd just be another player. And then unfortunately, as these things go, that made its way to Isaiah at his locker, I think. And he kind of ha-ha agreed with it. And it yeah. s- started this whole thing. And a bird was annoyed that he had to even address that his, his direct quote from the documentary. I remember was it got back to him. Someone told him and he said, so someone said some stupid shit. Are you referring yeah. to so? a courtship of rivals? Probably. Doc? Yeah. Thank it, you, Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had a press conference about it. It caused so much flap. This is the eighties man. Or was the, it the early nineties? The league made him have a press conference. Larry Can you run it through what happened exactly? So Dennis Radman says the, the Celtics and Pistons were heated Eastern conference rivals. And Dennis Radman said, if he was black, he'd be just another guy. Rodman was, was on the Pistons and Rodman had to guard him. Rodman singularly amazing defensive player, a uh, a revelation of a defensive player, uh, but no, ain't nobody stopping Larry Bird. They were probably words spoken out of oh. disappointment and anger after having gotten fucking smoked. They were eliminated by the Celtics, and his comment gets fed by a reporter to Isaiah. Hey, what do you think of that? 
And Isaiah Thomas, like, he's a, if you know anything about him, just he's all smiles all the time. He's a warm, slow talking guy with a big smile. And he just kind of Who was agreed. he playing for? Pistons. Pistons. Okay. So he was teammates with Rodman. Yeah. Okay. And then gotcha. bad boys. All caught up. They were called. And then it blows up. I saw Last Dance and they, I mean, bad boys, they just seemed like rugby players, basically. Billy Beer, Rick Mahorn. Yeah. Some yeah. badasses, yeah. Rug basketball. Mm-hmm. That press conference, though, took place during the NBA Finals. It became such a flap and such a distraction that Isaiah had a press conference and Bird came too and just sat there by him. And it was, I don't know, man, early in the days of this bizarre race explanation stuff. And he, and he, like, that's what Bird reflected as said, on it he just as he was called like, it. What's going on here? He just called it a distraction. The guy was so laser focused on the job and the game and. I would like to float this by you as well. Like with the last dance, there seems to be a little bit of a reckoning of Jordan had such a likable, you know, charming public persona, but you scratch the surface of that and you look at the way he was to his teammates and, you know, any number of things. And all of a sudden, Oh, he's, he's actually kind of an asshole, but what? He's catching some current flat. About, Is he? Yeah, but go. Keep, All right, we going. can get we can get back to that. But the thing about I Bird, I think, is that he projected asshole almost defensively. But when you scratch the surface with him, and you look at at you know a little deeper, he has this code, you know, of of decency. I think you could say where like even as heated and as everything got with magic, you know, they talk about when magic had the HIV announcement, Larry was despondent and reached out to him and magic cried in that documentary at how moved he was by the way, Larry called and was just, you know, needed to check in and see if he was okay. And like, there's a, he's not a, the guy that he is on the court, that guy that talks that shit, that's mean as hell, that fights like he's a multi-dimensional character, and there's more to him. People have nuance. Yeah, right. And and with with Bird, I don't know if you have to be on guard against. Am I trying to cut this guy some slack and see goodness in him because he's a white dude, or you know, is is there any real difference between he and Jordan? I don't know. I don't know either of them personally. This, this is all pre-players being buddies and teaming up and pre to win titles. Pre-social media. Wasn't, ah. wasn't Larry Bird, Bird, wasn't Michael Jordan's agenda to not just be the very best, but also to make his team be the very best and like draw out the best in his team, make them invincible against anyone insulting them or well, talking that was... shit about like to just steal them as if they're just armored because he's such a fucking raging asshole. If you can survive me in practice, then, yes. the, then the Celtics in playoffs are going to be. Bird was not that though, was he? I think he was just a dick. From what I've heard, is that accurate or not? He was a good teammate. I, I get the impression that Larry was a, was a good teammate. And that, you know, here's your star player, for instance, going back to the diving into the chairs for loose balls uh-huh. and like doing the dirty work and putting himself on the line for this game. And he probably demanded from his teammates that they show the same level of commitment, but he didn't have to that much at that time because that Celtics team, they were they were all they were at the top of the game. Them and the Lakers back and forth for years for titles. No one needed to tell them to be, you know, they were the established power. Jordan came up and was getting his ass kicked in the playoffs mm. annually. And, you know, that contributed to him being like, what do I have to do? I guess we're going nuclear dick mode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh huh. Player wise, I think they're kind of the same guy, just in different bodies. Hmm. But Jordan had another whole layer of like when the game was over it was kind of over for bird competitor champion but he wasn't uh creating an international brand he wasn't 
taking over the world. He just played and went home. Well, he was. He stayed with the Pacers for a long time. He coached. He was success. That's one of the things that's distinct, and you've got to True. respect about Bird too, is when he went back into the game in the front office. The Pacers were very successful when he coached for the Pacers. Very successful. Play when he played championships. You know, like the guy being a winner doesn't justify Stop. or like make everything about the guy. Okay, I'm not one of those ends, you know, justify the means sort of folks, but I do think <clears throat> one of the differences is it goes back to the way that he was describing the conversation around race as it pertained to basketball. It's just a distraction. And would you let me play, please? And when he was in the front office, like Dan said, he wasn't worried about his fucking clothing line or his cologne or underwear pitching or anything. But that job, that's what Larry was about. Blue collar. That job and those results. Blue collar attitude. And that, uh, yeah, that focus paid. Was he a jerk off the court too, other than to reporters? Like in life? Larry Bird? Yeah, like going to a restaurant. Does, does Almost completely unknown. No, unknown. His off the court okay. life is, is a unknown. Okay. He was monk-like though by his own admission in that documentary and that like when Jordan was playing in Chicago... He was doing, you know, he made it work. Don't get me wrong, but he had all sorts of endorsement things. He made Space Jam. You know, he had this look and charisma and whatever else. Like, Larry Bird's not doing any fucking movies. He's not doing shit but basketball. What movie would Larry Bird do? <laughs> wow. Wow. The Straight imagine? Story? The, a remake of The Straight Story where he rides a lawnmower <laughs> across Iowa? From French Lick to... White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, they weren't... In the days before fr- players were friends and joined up with each other, uh, his relationship with Magic was icy because they were rivals in college, rivals in the pros, not friendly. And Magic broke the ice with a Converse commercial for the Converse weapons. Oh my God, I love it. It weighed he, like 10 pounds. But he had to go to Larry's home. But he had to do to it. Do yeah, it. he had got to come to my house to do it. And that's where they quite famously became friends. And like... Uh, there was a mother his involved mom had him that over brokered for it. And, yeah, uh, mom had lunch and gave him a big hug when he came in, and I was like, "Well, all right, I have a harder time hating you now because <laughs> I just got hugged by your mom and she made me good chicken." And they did become friendly, and of course, the dream team, all these guys, which was the beginning of like the friends era, where they all realized like we're all just we're all just pieces in this machine, like we're all the same like kind of superstar guys. And they became more friendly. He did commercials for McDonald's and stuff Well, maybe like at that, that point in Nothing their like life. Jordan. In that point in their life, they all had multiple championships oh. and things, too. So the stakes, they could afford to fucking relax a little bit and just be humans and and be friendly on a level that in, the, in those earlier days, being that fucking competitive means, you know, no, we do not have dinner together before or after the games. Man. We don't, you know, exchange I, Christmas gifts. Yeah, yeah none of that. I, I, I might grudgingly, you know, show you some respect, professional respect in an interview. And, you know, there's there's moments where you've probably seen the footage of Larry just kind of fucking distraught after losing in the final saying, ah, magic's just the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You know, and. And it was quite a moment to see somebody who, you know. That's like a long quote from him. That's That's goosebumps, too. When the best of the best says, Mm -hmm. this other guy's the best. I mean, and they're Mm -hmm. just like defeated from trying so hard. I get goosebumps with that kind of athleticism. and. Larry just doesn't say stuff Mm -hmm. for the satisfaction of anyone else. He speaks truth, you know. There's nothing shiny or... Mm-mm. Uh, it makes me think of Djokovic, the tennis player, who is not well-liked at all. Now he's not well-liked because he um, refused to get a vaccine. But Prior to that, he, he was not. Even prior <laughs> to that, he was not well-liked. But he was the guy that they wouldn't let him into Australia because he mm-hmm. recently? Okay, yeah. But he's arrogant. Roger Federer is also arrogant, but um Doesn't hurt smooth. when you're competing against the best and, in the world. And shiny. 
Djokovic is not smooth and shiny and not gracious when he loses Mm -hmm. and not necessarily um, generous to other athletes in his assessment of them Mm -hmm. and hated really by many and it's really interesting to me that Larry Bird is so beloved mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what is it because it's a different sport maybe tennis is definitely a different arena everybody's arrogant in tennis <laughs> so well no, not so much it's yeah, just, it's a, di- a little yeah. bit right, 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 right. it's a country club sport in a way hoops is on the street level Good yeah up. but it's almost like his um the line between authenticity and just being a dick is blurry. It's great to be authentic unless you're an authentic <laughs> cock. <laughs> <laughs> it's blurry, though, and you it's easy to respect authenticity. If someone today were that dickish with the press and, like, didn't maintain any connections with their fans. And is there anyone like that today on um, playing in the NBA? That's essentially impolite. I am. I am thinking Russell hard. Russell Westbrook here. is a character who's kind of notoriously He's got prickly. a antagonistic relationship with the media and will get in arguments with fans on the sidelines and tell them that they can, if they would like, maybe suck his dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, things of that nature. I think we call him Mercurial. Yeah, Mercurial. That's probably what he'd be called in today's... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of people who are just sort of shut off and don't have a comment or... So in a time capsule, it, mm. Larry Bird might be. If I he think... was on the scene today, would he be beloved? I don't know. I don't well, he'd be tweeting. He would not. He be would tweeting. not be tweeting. He, he wouldn't have any of that, and I <laughs> can guarantee you, he probably still doesn't have a cell phone. But, <laughs> but uh, it's a flip phone. It is. No, it's, it, no internet he, access. He puts on his. He made it and his <laughs> out of wood. Uh, but he here's a question: like in the in the con- along the lines of the conversation of separating an artist from their work. You know, like, yeah, it's fine. Picasso was a monster, but cubism is cool. Uh, the guy had a vision. Uh, is it possible for someone to be a certain way between the lines, as you would say, and then outside of it be decent? You know, and like John McEnroe is a character who, you know, I'm sure in his private life, he lost his temper a few times and maybe shouted at his partner or whatever. But it's 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 amazing to listen to him in his commentary or in interviews be so sort of charming and almost, there's, you know, just relatable and, you know, intelligent. And he isn't just that guy that lost his shit when in the heat of the match. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, I think it's you cannot be serious. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's his his line. Yes, that is it. God, that brings back like the eighties. Mm. Right there. Well, my the contrast the contrast between Magic and Bird in a nutshell. Some years ago, during March Madness, uh, probably some anniversary of the Michigan State Indiana State game, seventy nine. So whatever. Uh, Magic and Bird, both in the building. Uh, Magic, he's on the dais pregame and halftime, and he's yucking it up with everybody. They go to a, they do a cutaway to Bird, like under the bleachers, for a quick hit interview, a couple minutes. That's it. That's that's all you need to know. Like he had, he wanted no part of. He looked uncomfortable the whole time. He wanted no part of being on camera, any of that stuff. Exact still, and it'll never change. The the rival stock. There's a great bit about the dream team and how everywhere they went when they left the hotel, it was a mob scene. You know, people wanting autographs, pictures, screaming. You know, the Beatles had landed everywhere they went. Every time they stepped outside, and Bird was like, "Where's the fucking side door?" Mm-hmm. You why know? is and, this? Why is this so attractive? Like, what is it that makes it? it he makes even, us like Larry Bird even more because of that. What is it, do you think? I think there's a natural tendency for us who who take in the game or any sport or whatever 
um, to want to either really love or really hate a person. And good drama. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's watch him fight. Villains Yay. and good guys. Yeah, I suppose on some yeah. level. It makes it, for and then good Larry, stories. Larry is basically saying, I see this. I don't want to deal with it. So let me out the fucking side door. There's, Show me the court. There's something to me about too no drama. about playing the game and then playing all the other games at, yeah. that are involved oh, yeah. with politics it's, of sports. And the same thing happens with Hollywood, which is why I like Leo DiCaprio so much because um, it's who was Bill Simmons talking to? They were talking about how hard it was to get any dirt on Leo DiCaprio at all because he just doesn't indulge. He doesn't. All um, he wants to do is save the environment. His work is actually about the work. And there's something really lovely about that, that he's not like, you know, shining up his image and getting um, dogging somebody else in a tweet to make himself look cool. Yes. And posturing and playing the politics of fame. And I think that that is why, because my dad also loved Larry Bird. Hmm. He loved him. And so, of course, racist, by default, though. then I love Larry Bird. Well, he liked basketball. but Fair enough. Hated um, black people, loved basketball. Can continue. Not necessarily. <laughs> what? What's happening right now? <laughs> not necessarily knowing the whole backstory of Larry Bird. It makes sense to me. But I'm, I'm curious why the response is like, he's even more lovable and responsible respectable basically because he doesn't play games outside of the game he's paid to play and to me that feels like noble yeah Yeah. i like it yeah but it's it doesn't necessarily translate into what's happening today Mm. it's like the opposite yeah you have to maintain this public persona in addition to the actual game you're paid to play yes you know it wasn't easy back when bird was in the league, it's not like there weren't a lot of media outlets and people fucking hounding him for takes on stuff, you know, but it is a different level now and probably a little more more challenging. But like, I think back to Marshawn Lynch, who actually kind of went meta on that game mm-hmm. yeah. and made his lack of engagement the the story and the funniest thing. All about that action, boss. Just yeah. Who won the day at Super Bowl Media Day? Marshawn Lynch, the guy that didn't want to say anything. And that's, that was the story. That was the big story of the day. You know what What also must be said about about Bird that I admire? I sense that there's there's a real intelligence there. Part of his annoyance with the media and that whole business was like, this is fucking pointless like he's and above stupid. It. Like he sees yeah, it. I'm not going to give you another cliche about, well, we just, you know, passed real well tonight and played as a team and blah, blah, blah. What happened there in the fourth quarter? <laughs> yeah. Just like, who gives a fuck? We played the game. It's over. I need to go mow my lawn. <laughs> There's something really magical about the world of sports and how the reality of athletes interacting with other athletes is both an example to us all and yet also exists somehow beyond the space-time continuum where, you know, generally speaking, if you work hard in life, you can accomplish things, whereas with sports... You can work as hard as you're possibly able to and still might not even get close to that elite level. It just feels like it exists outside of the realm of everything. The whole idea of of being able to work really hard, but if you're not, for instance, 6'9", and really well coordinated and supported by your folks and all of these things that, you know... Uh, at least magic was in a and an interest you know an interesting kind of uh angle and what made those two easy to root for as well is that magic's dad was a garbage man drove a garbage truck uh in detroit for years and maybe had a second job in one of the auto factories and like just hard working blue collar and when bird washed out at indiana after his first year he went back and worked for the city of french lick and drove a garbage truck and like hmm. had these, you know, these blue collar, you know, n- not glamorous roots. So to rise to the 
to the heights that they rose to was a good story. But yeah, it wasn't just because they were real hardworking guys. They they did have to work hard, but they were blessed with these gifts that, you know, were extraordinary. Before we go any farther, were you saying that what happens in sports is just like real life? No. Or it's beyond, it's outside of it's real outside life. Outside of the realm of real life physics. It's like theater. Where mm. you Heightened. can yeah. work it's sort of like how many um ten year old boys right now are thinking that they're gonna play for the Packers mm-hmm. in Wisconsin? Um all of oh. them. <laughs> you son of a- all of them. And even the ones that are gonna practice six days a week and have parents that are driving them forward of that what percent are going to actually play for the packers 0.01 and i i agree with all of that it is theater it is an entertainment product Mm -hmm. really especially the well it all is now it's all an entertainment product especially with legal gambling i think it's just like life i don't think it's outside of life i think it's just like life but if I said sometimes to you, no matter how hard you work, you just lost. No matter how well you prepared, you worked harder, you did all the right things, and sometimes you just lose. No, and then there's I don't another think game so. tomorrow. Like if you said, "I'm going to be the best real estate agent in Wisconsin," yeah, and you worked, I don't know how much do athletes work, sixty hours a week or something. That was your only focus. You had mm-hmm. all the support in the world. You dedicated your time and energy. You made all the right connections you'd probably be the best real estate agent in Wisconsin. Or not. You're not limited Or it by... wouldn't work out. <laughs> no, I think you would. I think I think that there's... What about all the other people who Whoa. are saying the same thing? There's arena... Okay, maybe not the best, but let's say successful. Really good. Yeah, yeah. successful. I think that there's... You make the real estate all-star team. <laughs> right. Yes. I think there's arenas where if you really work hard if you apply the same principles that um equal success in sports in sports you might not achieve the elite level but in most everything else you probably will because it doesn't rely on being six nine super heroic athleticism Mm. it's like the body is somehow its own limitation Mm. i mean i guess i suppose if you were born with like a IQ of 32 and you Ouch. said to yourself I really want to be the best accountant in Wisconsin. Mm, sorry. It'd be rough. Maybe 32. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dude. That's a lot of drool. I think Chris. I think 80 It's <laughs> a lot of drool. I I think 80 is the cutoff for the military. So because at below 80 they simply cannot get you a a mm. task to do. So 32. Huh? I, I okay. Know. Well, maybe I'm joking. No, you but you you have an interesting point though. Maybe you wouldn't use proper ink. You'd say, "Me want be <laughs> best accountant." No, wait. You wouldn't own an accountant. <laughs> okay. This is a different. This is a different. Oh my god. Oh, uh, you see what I'm saying? But now you're making me rethink. Because maybe I mean everyone has limitations, and uh, maybe in other arenas. You're saying it's not so different. Well, I don't want to steal the pod because we're going to get back to the legend in just a second. But yeah, I just think it's just like life or it's a great it's an overlay, I guess, that I put on life. Mm. Is that like in my job, which is nothing like sports at all. I I have a family and a job and and every every day is like a game. And sometimes no matter how well I play or prepare, I still get I still lose. Hmm. And then some days when I least expect it, like, huge win. What is losing like? I did like not see that. Well, coming. Chris, also the league is littered with stories of guys who came in with huge potential, had all the physical gifts in the world, yeah. but they didn't have some of those other intangibles that that equate to success that translate across sports to any arena that you might choose. Such Showing as up on time. Showing up for work, not letting partying get out of control, managing, you know, temptation with discipline and, you know, some being not being the biggest dick in the locker room, being a decent teammate or the office for that matter, but being, you know, leadership. Uh, 
there's a lot of crossover between sports and the real world, but the stakes change in whatever you're doing when your job is performed in front of uh, an audience of millions and thousands. I mean, that's something to explore. That makes things different. And it, you you are entitled to your hot take on how you view sports. Mm. Last time I checked, you and me are different people. Mm. And that's just come from a life of watching sports ever since I was a little kid mm. and then being kicked around by life and still loving sports now that I'm a middle-aged dude. And just, yeah, that's just how I look. That's all. I was drilling down. No, I mean, I'm thinking of, um, it's probably Michelle Obama who. Oh my God. I think about her all the time. Was saying <laughs> something similar to, she was taught, apply yourself, work hard doesn't matter if you were born without privilege or whatever whatever station in life work hard be clear on your goals surround yourself with people that support you and you can achieve what you want in life and i think I love it. that could be true except in sports huh i'll be goddamned it helps to get into politics too you really succeed when you get into that I mean, but I, you're right, though. I mean, in terms of like win-lose arenas like politics, both candidates are visualizing a win. I think it's not as stark in other arenas as it can be in sports or where the physical limitations do just someone's holding a stopwatch and saying, yeah, that dude's exactly five seconds faster than you <laughs> and or whatever in that I had a heartbreaking example. And I talked to my good friend from childhood about this, who he was one of those dreamers who, yeah, I'm going to play in the NBA. I'm going to be the next Barry Sanders. That's what I'm going to do. And, but unlike, we got it, we got it. But unlike most kids, like he invested in this dream and was trying to will himself into this, you know, that into reality and, and showing up at the gym and he used to do extensive stretching because he heard that increasing your flexibility will make you a little faster. And he would do these, go these extra miles and extra miles and extra miles, not fast. You know, he just wasn't mm. fast, nearly fast enough to play in the league. And there was no kind of way as a friend, as a parent probably, or whatever kind of support to tell him, hey, I know you've got all your eggs in this basket, but it ain't going to happen. You went to school with this guy? Yeah. Was he the best athlete in your school class? He was a Was he even that? No, not a standout. Mm. Even really uh, uh, so much. I mean, he went on to play some college football, Division Two. You know, uh, he was athletic, mm. but, but his accomplishments were more ultimately a testimony to his fucking will and drive to be in the gym and work harder and do the absolute get the absolute last ounce out of his talent or his capability that he could and watching that was a real lesson for me coming up like wow uh it's not as simple as if you dream it, yeah. you work hard. I have a personal story about that. So, Nate, this is a perfect example of physical limitations trumping Nate is your, your son, by the way. Yes, he is. Trumping uh, the dream. He's going to play college volleyball. Woo! He is six foot tall. We will live vicariously through him. Yeah. Woo! Uh, no pressure, Nate, but you're doing it for all of know, us. Yes. Do we know where yet? <laughs> no. Just so all three of us can make run. our dreams come true. No. Good luck. Okay, we don't uh, know yet, but we're gonna pick and we're gonna be okay. Yeah. So his his issue, he's got the dedication. He still hits balls against the house thirty minutes a day. He wakes up earlier than I do to get his shit together. He does extra trainings. Uh, he tries out. He today he just made the state team. Woo. But he's not six four, six five, and that leaves him. Is he a setter? Yep, okay. as a liability against the biggest dudes, because when he plays the front row, he still has to block, despite the fact that he's better defensively than pretty much anybody on his teams. It's still that that spot when he's in the front row is where 
they will set mm. to get over the top of his block. Mm-hmm. And he could still practice, you know, 20 more hours a week, but he's not going to get any taller. He could wear the crazy shoes that make your calves bigger. Yeah. Uh, the strength shoes. Or the victory so insoles. Like five, yeah. six guys can dunk. And- yeah. How's, how aware is he, though, versus my friend who... Aren't- He's totally aware, and he doesn't care. Aware of... Aware of that limitation that he's not 6'4". Oh, gotcha. Yep. So he's he's not going to get that offer from UCLA. He's going to get offers from all these other people. And, and what he knows is that... Um, well, first of all, just awareness of that fact and not taking it as a like an insult from the world. Like, oh, you're never going to be good. No, he's like, fuck that. I'm, I am this person and I am going to go dominate, period. He's like Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. In between the lines, put me on the court, fuck everything else. Wow. Yeah. And... And so college, he's still thinking like, so we toured MIT. We're going to Harvard and Princeton. The book that he bought and then gave to me, Acceleration of Cultural Change. Yeah. Changed my perspective. So here's my 17-year-old boy who has that dedication and the awareness. But he still has the comfort knowing that well i'm not six four i just can't i I i'm not gonna stretch but i will be great at everything else Hmm. so and michelle obama (laughs) and dan higgs agree he'll he isn't going to be the singular greatest volleyball player who ever lived no he's not gonna gonna inspire me to like and he may not want to be better at something else you know like uh Alabama and uh, who dominates football? Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Georgia, Oklahoma. Who dominates Texas. volleyball? Who's like the who's the Duke in North Carolina of volleyball? Hawaii, BYU, oh. uh, UCLA. UCLA is always okay. there. I bet yep. it's hard to recruit people to Hawaii. Yeah, it must be tough. So he, it is a little. Get the fuck out of here! It's paradise, dude. It's like nine hours <laughs> yeah. just but to get there. But if you want to play a match, all right, fair yeah, you got to like planes. Fair so yeah, Long Beach State. Everything Michelle Obama said is true. We don't know why Dan's saying it. But like you that. can't be. Uh, he's very comfortable with the fact, though, that he's not the chosen one, and that's okay because there's only one the chosen one. And, if that even, if such a thing even the, exists, like the ability Michael to Jordan, take feedback. Like yeah. I think m- maybe that is a lost art. You you said something about. Uh, Jordan, not so good at it with Barkley. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I get prickly at times when people are giving me feedback that I don't necessarily either agree with or want to admit about myself, Hmm. whether that's submitting something for edit that I've written. Uh, But to get feedback so effortlessly and not like... Graciously, not take Not have an emotional response. And even to say, well, this person is giving me their attention. Oh, I'm going to listen. Hmm. And then I'm going to try what they say. I struggle with that. Yeah. And he, just because he's not the chosen one, it's not like all the work and all the practice and all the good habits and all that stuff. Just like, well, it's all for nothing. Fuck it. It's all gone. But the thing no, is, it's all that was the ingredients I'm gonna to live, get him to this point. Right. Because if yeah. he hadn't done all that extra work, if he hadn't been open to suggestion and ch- changing what he coachable did. Coachable is yeah. what they call, call that in sports. Yeah. He wouldn't be where he is now. Mm. Yeah. And wow, what a self-aware guy. He's aware, like, I'm already living the dream. Like, he is. I'm going to yeah. go to one of these awesome he's schools. inspiring me. And I'm never going to be like on the cover of Volleyball Illustrated. And He's been in vo- volleyball magazines. Well, <laughs> of course he has. Of course he has. That's cool. But yeah. He is aware enough that he recognizes that where his place is in the world and that other people who do less with less, but have the physical attributes that he doesn't to see them get offers at bigger schools. And my response to him is they're going to be there for a semester. Like I've talked to that kid. They're not smart. (laughs) 
<laughs> they will not be able to manage the rigors mm. of of that level of commitment. Yeah, and mm. they don't get up early and hit balls against the house. Yeah. And they take practice, sort of, come see, come so, eh, whatever. Mm. Why do we got to do this? Yeah, it's... The mm. sport at the highest level will weed run, people out. De- a dedication and run the play. The play was called... Run that, run that play. How hard is he on himself when things don't go well during a match? Not, not hard. So he will journal before and after matches. Wow. Yeah. So setting a goal. Does Nate want to raise my kids? (laughs) And I don't, I don't feel like I did anything special. Like we were pretty hands off. You you know, know, you got to pick yourself up. You were a stay at home dad with those kids for years. So you can't take yourself out of that picture, dude. I mean, yeah. Give yourself some credit. Yeah. Uh, So no, he he is not hard on himself. (laughs) Hard. uh, To, to the naked eye. He's also not like if he does something great, he's not like he's mm. just like next next ball. So yeah, the uh, the the X factor of temperament. You wonder what level of nature nurture yeah. exists in a a person to ride the extreme highs and lows. That's one of the differences between real life and hoops. Is like you don't have a crowd cheering. And people getting all excited or about shit to you, or, like yeah, a parent talking shit to your son as he's serving. You got to do it, Nate. You just got to do it. And you've got to not go over and punch that person yeah. in the face. They yeah. spot me while I play. I supply enthusiasm aimed at your end. Scan the floor for one tap and do a bobbin here. Any signal coming back on the same man for Rick and Frequency Wavelength. How's reception connection? Don't flip the dial, let's see performance. It's commercial free. It's commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my CD. Feel free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, what I need's a new remote. I point and click, point and click, flip around, fold it more. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what the say is true? Less is more. More is what I'm doing.